and they did some brain um, tests and they put electrodes on a musician's brain and their whole brain lit mm-hmm. up, not just half. So that just tells you that, like Abigail was saying, that this music is everywhere in the brain. And mm-hmm. so your brain ends up utilizing the music in so many different ways to reconnect or side connect yeah. or whatever to make things happen. So, yeah, it's so fascinating. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action, sports, culture and more. What's up and welcome to episode 66 of Life in Motion. I've got Deborah and Abigail with me from the Music Therapy of the Ozarks, a nonprofit here in Missouri. They've been friends of ours for a while, but I'm excited to finally have them on the podcast to share how they're using the power of music to help individuals of all abilities. Uh, Thank you all both for being on the show today. Thank you for having us. We're very excited to be here. Yes, yes. I'm excited for you all to to share kind of the story and and impact that you are having. But before we get into that, um, let's kind of start by sort of setting the stage of who you all are, you know, sort of where did it start, you know, where you grew up, hobbies you had, kind of how did you get to where you're at today? Um, Abigail, I'll let you go first. Well, I have always just loved music. That's always been such a major part of my life. My parents started me in piano lessons when I was four years old, and I kind of (laughs) went around and played a lot of different instruments, never really finding the single one that I loved the most. I played violin and guitar, and I took vocal lessons and taught myself ukulele, and um, I loved them all equally, but was kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, And music has just really been important to me. I also grew up doing community theater at Springfield Little Theater. Okay. And that is just another major part of my life. I greatly enjoy the community aspect of it and the different training I got there and just the confidence it gave me as a performer. Um, And I don't know, music has definitely just been a passion and a hobby. And I kind of started to look at where I was going to take that passion with my life. And I knew I also wanted to help people. And I felt that maybe I was going to be a child psychologist. Maybe I was going to be a therapist. I never really figured that quite out. And then my mom found the music therapy degree at Drew University. And that just checked all my boxes. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never heard of anything like that. And I was just amazed at how it combined both my passion and what I feel like is my calling to help people. That's awesome. And to go back on that, you know, you, you said you kind of started playing piano when you were four and, and went through a variety of different uh, instruments as well. That's way better than, than I ever got uh, as far <laughs> as musical talent. Um, but so, so what, what about that do you think that kind of kept you, I guess, wanting to learn or continue to learn different instruments? Um, and kind of develop in that way. Like, you know, and I guess I'm asking, you know, some people, you know, if they go hiking or riding bikes or whatnot, maybe it's kind of a release, they can kind of, you know, turn off their brain and kind of do whatever. Was it kind of a similar kind of, I guess, relationship that you had with music and that's why you kind of continued that way? Or was it sort of like, you know, you mentioned the theater eventually and and singing and stuff like that did, or is it more of kind of also, I guess, I don't know if competitive is the right, <laughs> right term, but you know, you're in front of people and you're going for different roles and that kind of stuff. So sure. well, yeah. competitive would be a great word to describe my personality. I certainly <laughs> am motivated by, by that type of thing. I also just find it's a great, um, release kind of, like you said, it's also a different form of expression. Um, so I, I mean, part of what we do here with music therapy of the Ozarks is really 
giving a voice sometimes to people who don't have a voice or even just a new way of expressing yourself. And I definitely found that to be the case in all the different instruments that I played. It's just kind of a unique way to express how you're feeling and also just to kind of, I don't know, turn off your life for a minute and do something that's meaningful and just beautiful in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That makes sense. And, and it's also awesome that you kind of found that perfect, uh, the perfect fit there with the program at, at Drury and led you kind of where you are today. So, um, Deborah, how about yourself? Well, I, I have, um, I'm here for a totally different reason than Abigail is. Um, I just started out as a young person organizing events and, and helping with activities and that type of thing and, and supporting people in different ways. And I've been in Springfield for 25 plus years and my heart's always been a nonprofit. And so I have found many ways to support different nonprofits around the community. And uh, a friend of mine who uh, the director, Julie Cassidy, and I have a mutual friend and he suggested that I reach out to Julie and, and she needed some support and some help. And so I partnered with her and now um, am the development director for music therapy of the Ozarks. And um, I've never looked back. It's been so rewarding and I'm so amazed on a daily basis what the therapists are able to achieve and how they empower, uh, like Abigail said, those that don't have a voice to communicate in ways that we just don't even think about. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, and it's interesting too, kind of having the almost two two different backgrounds. You know, Abigail had the, the music background and kind of that whole thing. And then you having the development, the event experience, those kinds of things kind of bring that all together. Um, and obviously you, you mentioned being supportive of nonprofits kind of throughout that time anyways. What, um, which, which kind of brings me to a question, obviously that was uh, a great connection that uh, as far as the mutual friend goes to kind of get you hooked up with that. But what is it that, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my, get my tra- train of thought there. Um, with the music center, uh, or the therapy, what was different from working with other different nonprofits that might not be kind of centered around music? Was, was there something different that kind of eventually like, Hey, this is where I want to stay for a while. Or is it just kind of that same general, you know, I want to give back. I want to help the community. I want to help these individuals. Um, you know, I really, I'm not musically inclined. Um, I think that I'm just amazed at what music, the power of music. And I'm also amazed at the uh, diversity and how universal language it is for everybody from, you know, the NICU all the way through hospice. It just is such a, um, a powerful tool and the therapists are able to use it in so many different ways. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's just, found my purpose as far as this young nonprofit really needed to uh, spread the word about the good work they were doing. And when I joined uh, the group, they were focused so much on the work that they weren't able to share the message. And I've been very, very proud to be able to spread that message around the community 
Um, you know, we're not just in Greene County, we're also in Polk County and Jasper and Webster and Christian County. So we've really done a great job in diversifying and spreading that. It's just that nobody knows about us. And so, uh, you know, the podcast is definitely an opportunity for us to share that message that we have. And, and we so appreciate any opportunities we have to do mm-hmm. that. And Jeremy, Deborah does say that she's not musically inclined, but she did learn to play the xylophone ah. for a video we did recently. Shh, <laughs> where all the whole the whole music therapy, the Ozarks, we got together and we recorded Thank You for the Music by Ava. And we put videos of our clients playing music and um, different music therapy moments throughout this video and Deborah learned to play the xylophone as a part of our little band. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> Some hidden talents then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I try to hide them as much as possible. <laughs> um, that, no, that's, that's great though. So, uh, and you kind of mentioned Deborah sort of, you, you know, they were focused some, when, or when you started with them, they're so much focused on the work and, and everything, but not really getting the message of what they do out there. So to that point, what, what, what do you all do there? Well, um, we have, we raise funds through hosted special events, um, individual and corporate donations and grants. And so uh, we're constantly looking for opportunities to um, get those donations in so that we can develop more programs and um, support more scholarships for individuals to receive music therapy. Uh, For example, we gave the Victory Mission some seed money a a few years ago to start a choir. And that was such a big hit uh, that they found their own funding for that. And uh, we helped support uh, a therapist uh, at the NICU at Cox uh, until quarantine hit and that stopped. So we just, in all these areas, when I first started, the idea of an organization servicing everybody from uh, NICU to hospice was so overwhelming. And I thought, how in the world are we going to get this message out to all these different segments of our community? And um, I can't tell you exactly how that's happened necessarily, but we just work with different organizations. We work with um, a Moral Injury Institute for veterans with PTSD. We partnered with the Parkinson's uh, of the Ozarks, uh, Alzheimer's of the Ozarks. So we partner with these folks and they of course have programs that they wanna develop and further um, to support our community. And, and so those are some of the ways that we just keep branching out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some past connections with TV. So I've been on TV. Abigail's been on TV. <laughs> I've dragged everybody else I know to be on TV with Jeremy over at Colorton or at Ozarks Fox and then uh, Joy and Tom um, on Ozarks Live. So, you know, we just... I keep, we just keep sharing the message mm-hmm. one person at a time. And that ripple effect has, we're really seeing those effects now. Definitely. That's awesome. So, and you, you obviously mentioned some of the different programs and stuff. So one thing that, that you mentioned that I'm definitely interested in learning more about that. I don't, you mentioned the, the Nick, you portion of it. Um, you obviously, at least 
for me and maybe some of the other listeners as well, you know, somebody kind of, you know, in, in hospice, it might sort of make more sense of how that could help. But when you think of a, you know, a, a, a child in the NICU or whatnot, a baby in the NICU, how, so how, what does that kind of look like as far as how, how, how is that helpful? I guess is my question. Like to use that type of therapy in, in those situations. So Jeremy, there are three things that I immediately think of. The first is that music in the NICU has been shown to help infants um, increase their increase their food intake. And really? so, yes. So it's something that is motivating that when they are struggling to feed and they're trying to get them to take in these nutrients, if it's rewarded by a musical element, infants are more likely to continue to feed and feed longer. So that is something that we work with. We also work with parent bonding. It's a great way to create just a safe nurturing environment between parent and this little premature baby. And then finally, most infants in the NICU are very oversensitized. They have obviously come too early and they're just not quite prepared for all the stimulus in in the real world. And so music is a way that they can slowly build their tolerance up for the different noise and touch and visual stimuli that they encounter every day. And it's just something that can slowly be built up using different musical elements. Interesting. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really realize that or think about that, but I guess that makes sense kind of creating that um, probably almost a, a calming or soothing effect. Um, yeah. I, I would assume, I guess um, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. That's pretty interesting. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, one thing that I've noticed, you know, like I said, you know, I've been to a couple of your events and that kind of thing. Um, but you, you seem to do a really good job with getting um, uh, your clients or participants or, or the individuals that you work with kind of out there into the community as well, where it's not necessarily, you know, a behind closed door type situation where, mm -hmm. you know, get on stage and that kind of stuff. What, what are some of those, are there other opportunities that you guys do besides, you know, like I said, the, the events, the, you know, the live events at the, uh, rock and roll bike, bike event and that kind of stuff, but is there anything else that you guys do? And then what does that kind of look like as far as, you know, preparing, preparing different individuals with, you know, different that have their own different circumstances, but, you know, to build up that confidence and stuff to go out there and, and actually do that. Cause I would be shaking on, on a stage myself. <laughs> so, Well, we certainly have some performers that we you work do, with. You do. Yes. We have people that just, I mean, music lights them up and it is their favorite time of the week and something that they love sharing with others in the community. We have, two concerts typically per year. So we have kind of a May spring concert and we have a holiday concert as well. We have done both of those virtually due to COVID over the, the past year or so, but typically it's a in-person concert that we offer at our clinic on Drew University's campus. And man, it's a blast. I mean, it's just amazing to see such a wonderful group of individuals come together and just share their love of music and no matter their ability, just be able to get up on that stage and have that rock star moment. Um, and there's something just so powerful about being able to get up on the stage and shine and have that applause and have that total moment of, 
you know, satisfaction and support from a large group of people. And that's something that we love to offer and make a great opportunity for our clients. So I think that something amazing about music therapy is it's so adaptable and everyone, no matter your ability level can be involved in some way. And so we really work as a team to make sure that every individual that wants to be a part of the concert gets to have their moment and gets to shine um, in the best way possible for them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I'm, I guess what I think I see all the time is these clients they have been empowered through their private sessions or their group sessions to have this confidence and they don't see themselves as we end up seeing them. And they are in their in, inside, they are performing and they are as talented as any rock star that anybody knows. And that is, it moves me to tears because I know that they are shining and showing off their best best moment. And we have some that we've given them enough opportunities that I think we may have created some little hams. I don't know, but um, it's pretty exciting. We just had an opportunity to have one of our um, scholarship recipients sing the national anthem a couple of Sundays ago at the Springfield Cardinals game. Awesome. And he was so proud and he sang every word and um, the audience just received him so well. And he literally thought everyone was there clapping and listening to just him. Mm -hmm. Not that there was going to be a ball game, but that just to hear him sing. So that is, is um, so powerful. And, and when I started, that was one of the biggest challenges I believe is that once you see or experience some of our clients performing and the power the music has done for them. It's something you'll never forget. And um, I wanted everybody in the community to be able to see this. And so, like you said, uh, our Rock and Roll Bike and Music Festival is one of our best opportunities for that. And um, people can come and, and we perform. Uh, we have one young man that also sings the national anthem and he sings it at the beginning of all the races. And then we have a, a portion of the show where we get clients up on stage mm-hmm. and um, you know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's not really about Abigail or myself. Mm-hmm. It's about those clients. And that's I try very hard to try to get that message out to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what Deborah always says when we're having a hard day or something, you know, it's not about us. It's about, the opportunities that we create for our clients and the opportunities that we're able to give to them because of the work that we put in. And that really puts things into perspective of why we do what we do. For sure. For sure. Um, but I'd love to share some information about that bike ride. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And before you do that, I was going to say, um, it's cool too, you know, and just thinking like, obviously I've, I've attended that event and that kind of stuff. So I've been able to experience myself, but I think it's unique how, how you all have been able to kind of merge two different, uh, I don't know, two, two different interests is not the right word, but you know, you have, you have the bike group ride and there, they might initially just be there. Hey, I want to do this bike ride, you know, with my friends compete, whatever like that. But at the same time, they're introduced to your program in probably a more, uh, organic way, if that makes sense. So, so it almost brings that appreciation, um, a little bit, 
uh, it makes it a little bit stronger once they actually experience, mm-hmm. you know, what you all are doing. So I think it's really cool how you, how you've all have been able to kind of merge those two things where, Hey, this is the, this is the bike event, but this is what we actually do. And so you're here now, so enjoy what we do. So that's, that's really cool. But anyways, yeah, go ahead and talk about that. Well, and to talk about how those two ideas merged, um, Julie Cassidy, the president of Music Therapy, the Ozarks, it has a passion for cycling mm-hmm. and um, obviously starting the clinic and also the nonprofit. She obviously has a, a passion for music as well. And mm-hmm. so she uh, mirrored this event off of an event in um, near St. Louis, and it's designed to immerse us in uh, music in a a lot of different ways while having this bike ride. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, we're now in our fourth year. We're very, very excited. Um, You were in that first year. And after that first year, I wasn't sure how things were going to go, but it 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 was a little wet that year. (laughs) Yes. A little wet, a little cold. Yes, it was. Um, But um, I think uh, that was my first event uh, to Jeremy. And and I've mentioned this a couple of times to some folks that I was all about the back end of getting it organized and making the paperwork and the marketing and all of that. And when I saw our clients perform on stage, I was so moved to tears and realized that my heart had connected with my my mission and um, I couldn't actually talk about it for about four days because I was just so moved and in awe of the work that is done. So um, we have, like I said, our fourth year, it's going to be on October 9th. We've held it at the Riff for the last couple of years. Uh, That riff is over at Classic Rock Coffee just off Sunset. This year, we have a kids fun ride, a 26 mile, a 40 mile, and then a 62 mile road and or gravel. Um, And then when the folks after they get serenaded by the national anthem by Brad, then they go out and uh, along the way there are rest stops and we have uh, local musicians that love to come and support our event as well. And so they come out and perform in different shifts at the rest stops all day long. And then those cyclists come back to the Riff. They're treated to a a nice dinner. And then we have a concert at the Riff. And this year it's uh, Alyssa Galvin, who's a 15-year-old amazing talent. She's from around Neosho area and she's coming in. And then the main group is uh, Vince Vaughn and the sold out band. Mm-hmm. So right. we're very, very excited about it. And, and we'll have some of those client performances in there yes. too, like we talked about. Yes. And it's just a great event. I mean, for us, we always think of every event as, you know, another moment to advocate and to educate people about what music therapy is because so many people don't know. So we kind That's of right. view every opportunity we have as a time for advocacy. So we're really excited to get those clients up there and let them have their moment to shine. And then to also kind of show people what music therapy is all about. Yes. That's awesome. And so, so with that, with, um, you know, kind of being more out there with these different events and that kind of stuff and, and gaining some traction that way, have you noticed sort of in the community, as far as, you know, individuals that might not know about, the organization, you know, are they, are they becoming more aware? Are they more uh, re- receptive to that idea? And, and maybe even are, are you getting more 
um, I, I guess, clients who work within the different programs that you all support with that awareness? Has that, has that helped in that way? I think so. Um, I think that we, you know, anytime that you can advocate for your organization, you don't really know where all of those, uh, that information is being received. And sometimes it doesn't happen right away. We've had some connections um, that have taken a little longer to cultivate, um, but they have come around. Uh, we have uh, a couple of new organizations that we're working with this year. Uh, Polk County was a new one for us, um, working with the Polk County Board. So, you know, it's just, it's not a fast thing, um, but it is happening. Mm -hmm. I and think we've seen a lot of growth in I think so. the last year or two. And we've really like been trying to utilize different marketing approaches as well. Mm -hmm. We have a newsletter. We have really increased our social media mm -hmm. and just kind of putting our message out in new ways. Deborah always talks about how we have to tell our story for mm -hmm. people to be connected with what we do. And she's done a great job leading the team to help us, you know, find ways to tell that story and to show that to the Springfield community. Yeah. Cause we have to be really careful to not you know, it's really kind of a HIPAA compliant type mm -hmm. of thing. So we can't just, you know, showcase everything that we do. We have to be respectful of our mm -hmm. clients as well. So, um, yeah, we, uh, our newsletter has been going on for over a year now. And, you know, Abigail talked about the concerts. While our concerts were in person, they were, they were so different for our clients because you had an audience and it was live. Now that we're doing them recorded, we have more participants and it's such a powerful tool to be able to share it through social media and on oh, our yeah. website. And so I think that in itself, um, you know, our growth on our social media and just presenting all these mm -hmm. ways, like she's talking about showcasing everything and telling the story has been so amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and and I still find a lot of people still don't understand, you know, I always say that, you know, you know what speech therapy does, you know what physical therapy does, but music therapy is kind of elusive and you don't understand. Um, so many people think that just playing a guitar in front of a client is, is music therapy, but you have to understand where that music's taking that client and how to, not just leave them there. If, if it's a sad thing, if, if some song has uh, brought up some sadness, you don't want to leave them in that state. And so uh, the therapists are very good at, at um, using that space for that sadness and working through it and then bringing them back to um, a happy place when they exit. And I think that is just amazing. And you know, I talked about Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, and there's so many ways that music helps uh, those clients as well. Parkinson's has a motor issue uh, challenge that they deal with. And so giving them a rhythm really helps them um, with their gait and, and the breathing with singing helps with their voice and, mm -hmm. and um, Alzheimer's, uh, Music is stored in the part of the brain that Alzheimer's can't touch, what I was so fascinated with. 
And um, so that's one of the last ways to reach those folks. Mm -hmm. And it's powerful. That's interesting. Um, but so, and I, obviously I don't know much about brains, uh, but wh why, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, you know, if, if that part of the brain that kind of uh, uh, processes music can't be touched by that, wh why is that? It's just a completely separate part, I guess, or? So music is interesting because unlike speech, which is stored in um, one area of the brain called Broca's area, it's actually stored throughout the brain. Um, it's not just stored in one place. So um, for people with Alzheimer's, um, while the brain is affected, the music is stored throughout the brain. And so you are able to play songs, especially from their youth and from about their mid twenties around then that's that's the type of music that typically people connect with the most. And the music that people continue to listen to throughout their life is typically music from their 20 to 30 year old um, age. And so using that music to bring back memories is something that music therapists are trained to do. It's also just a way to facilitate speech and um, facilitate reminiscence. And so when you begin singing a song, often something we'll do is we do a kind of a fill in the blank lyric thing. So what we'll do is we'll start singing a line to a song like you are my, and then the client will fill in sunshine. And so it's a great way to get people actively participating in something and also having memories again, that are connected to that music. That's interesting. That, that totally makes sense though, that since it's kind of all spread around and brings them to different memories, whether they were dancing or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, first kiss or, you know, you know, those kind of yeah. memories that are kind of stuck in, in your mind forever. That's interesting that that kind of brings it out in that way. I didn't, I didn't, didn't really know that. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, are there, are there any other examples like that um, of, you know, maybe, you know, some different circumstances or whatnot where it kind of helps in a unique way like that? Um, one of the examples that we use all the time is, I don't know if you remember or anyone listening remembers Gabby Gifford, who was a congressman, no, congressman, senator, congressman. I think she was a congressman. Anyway, she's from Arizona and she was the one that got shot. Mm -hmm. Um and she there's a video of her working with her speech therapist and she's trying to uh, say the word light l-i-g-h-t and she can't say it she's very frustrated she's in tears mm -hmm. and the therapist says okay don't worry about it let's sing a song and they sing this little light of mine and she can sing every word Huh. And so it's such a powerful visual mm -hmm. of what music therapy can do. We use that example a lot because you can Google it uh, or look for it on YouTube mm -hmm. and you can see different examples of that. And that's just just a total amazing thing mm -hmm. that that is stored somewhere. You just have to access it. And, and I've heard a lot of times when Alzheimer's patients start to lose their language, mm -hmm. if they sing song, their words, mm -hmm. they will come out smoother than if they're just trying to speak. Yes. Yes. That's a, a common technique that we use to help people maybe who have had a stroke to help regain speech is that we start by singing and then we slowly um, transition into talking. And so kind of with that example that Deborah gave with this little light, light of mine, it might be that we sing, 
this little light. And then we say of mine. And then slowly we take away the singing on the word light. So this uh -huh. little light of mine. And slowly just generalizing that singing skill into the speech allows the person to use the skills that are stored throughout the brain with that music, but then to also rehabilitate those speech skills. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome that it can do that. Cause like I said, most people include myself, you don't really think of those music being able to make those connections unless you're, you know, speaking with somebody that kind of knows, you know, what they're talking about and, and working in that way. So that's, that's cool to hear those different stories. Sure. Yeah. I mean, music is a great way to capitalize on something called neuroplasticity, and that's the brain's ability to make connections throughout the life. And so um, those connections are readily made through music and again, stored throughout the brain. And so we can retrain speech using that neuroplasticity to help reconnect areas of the brain that have been affected by stroke or dementia or a traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things um, that I think is so fascinating is we once thought that music was only that our brain was divided in half and you had a creative side and a non-creative side. And they did some brain um, tests and they put electrodes on a musician's brain and their whole brain lit up, mm -hmm. not just half. So that just tells you that, like Abigail was saying, that this music is everywhere in the brain. And mm -hmm. so your brain ends up utilizing the music in so many different ways to reconnect or side connect yeah. or whatever to make things happen. So, yeah, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's powerful, too, to, to be able to figure that out and then know how to apply it to, to help others in that way. Um, so so kind of you know, with that point, you know, you know, we talked about different impacts and stuff that happened on the community and different individuals, but, you know, as I mentioned, you all kind of both had kind of two different backgrounds going into this um, and then have had the opportunity to work with different individuals and stuff kind of on this journey. But, you know, what's uh, what's one, one piece of advice that you might be able to offer someone, you know, uh, you know, either that's, you know, maybe somebody that kind of wants to get involved as you all have, or, you know, maybe there's an individual out there where this could really benefit them, but for whatever reason, um, either themselves or their family or, or whoever is maybe hesitant about doing that for whatever reason, I guess, what, what would that encouragement be? I think my encouragement to someone that's perhaps hesitant to try out music therapy would be that you do not have to have musical experience. Yes. That's something that we hear very often is, oh, I'm interested, but I don't know, my, my loved one doesn't have any musical experience. I don't think they'd be very successful. And really what we're doing is just using music as a tool. Um, our, our goal is never performance-based, it's progress-based. So we're working on therapeutic goals. We're not like a choir that is working towards you know, a, a end of the school year performance. Um, we're never, we're never going to be a performance-based goal. Um, we do have performance opportunities, but our goals for that are our socialization and just having um, the confidence to go on stage and perform and to receive that validation. It's, it's never going to be, you know, oh, you didn't play all those notes correctly. Right, um, yeah. right, <laughs> right. So really you do not have to have musical experience to benefit from music therapy. Um, 
music therapy is amazing and most people will be able to benefit from it. There is a very short list of people that would not benefit from music therapy. So I would say if you're interested, I think it's certainly worth pursuing and music therapy of the Ozarks has some amazing individual funding assistance and community funding assistance available. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I, and I think that if you want to get involved, um, you know, we have volunteer opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always looking to connect with other organizations and uh, like-minded folks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of organizations in the community that help those with disabilities. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, being an advocate for what we do mm-hmm. and, and reaching out to us and we'll figure out a way you can help. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so to that point, where, um, where can people find you online, um, find those different vol- volunteer, uh, or, or opportunities, whether they, maybe they're individuals that want to get involved or check out the events coming out, where, where do they find all that good stuff? Well, you can find us at music therapy of the org. So that's our website. And then we also have an Instagram page and a Facebook page. So um, our bike ride has an event page as well. And so we have all these uh, different areas. We try to utilize all that um, free social media and try to get the word out the best we can. Um, We also have a raffle that we're working with right now. Um, So you can buy raffle tickets for a prize that will be drawn on October 5th. So that's our kind of one-stop shop. There's our website and you can find out all the different ways that you can support. Mm-hmm. And all of our contact info is on that website. Yes. You can always email us too at contact at musictherapyoftheozarks.org. Awesome. Well, everybody is listening, you know, as, as you've heard kind of the passion and stuff like that. And my personal interactions uh, with these both, they're very passionate about what they do and they're, they're making an impact and uh, in ways that other people, you know, you might not think of it. So definitely um, take some time and check them out. You know, whether, whether you're, you're around the Springfield area, or maybe, you know, you're in California somewhere, listening to this and you can find some inspiration for, you know, somebody that you might be able to help. So uh, definitely check them out. But uh, Deborah, Abigail, I definitely want to thank you both for being on the show today and uh, sharing your story. And I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.